I just came by to stir your soul up a bit. This is the Perfectly Imperfect Podcast with Regina and Christine, where we share our stories as women openly and honestly. We believe it's through our journeys, our happy and sad times that connect us as sisters, because we're all perfectly imperfect. And welcome back to Perfectly Imperfect. I am Christine. And I'm Regina. Oh my god, guess where we are at? I'm so excited. Not to like embarrass her, which it is to embarrass. (laughs) So in the beginning, we were coming up with the concept of Perfectly Imperfect. She's like, what if we got her to come onto our podcast one day, you know? And then today is that day, Regina. Today, the I day know. has come and we are sitting in her beautiful house. <laughs> gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous house. house. This person is someone that I've been watching her videos for years and I feel like I've always really, really appreciated how she puts her heart and soul into her videos and watching her fashion choices too. She's always been very bold and very different and I feel like even watching her videos, I'm like, ooh, maybe I can like build up my own confidence in dressing that way or trying that skirt that I passed a long time ago. And I feel like watching her evolve on YouTube and her never afraid of trying new things. I think that's been, it's been so fun to watch. So I'm so excited to be introducing our guest today, Jen Im. Oh my God, what an introduction. (laughs) Thank you. I'm so happy to be on the podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here. I know like, especially with Eggy, your <laughs> your baby basically <laughs> dropping your new clothing line and I know you've been super busy and also planning your wedding mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah, wearing lots of hats, but honestly this is something that I've always wanted to do. This is my first podcast. Woo! So this is my podcast voice. Oh. Welcome. Oh, nice. <laughs> we feel so honored. I love it when I get to meet people like we, who you see on screen and then when you meet them you're like the energy is the same. Oh, thank right? you. Yeah. yeah. We bumped into each other a couple of times and then like we actually really talked about what is the overall purpose and meaning. I think it was like General Lee's. Yeah, he's like, junk at a bar. <laughs> what is the purpose of life? <laughs> You're both just like, oh my God. <laughs> but then we totally, yeah, I know, we I know. Yeah. We both were just like, there's more to this. And then connecting with women, finding meaning in our own lives and communicating that and being more vulnerable. Mm. That's what I'm just like, you know what, Jen, let's get you on this podcast because I know you have so many things inside that you've been through. And then that's why you represent so many young women so well because you do show your dreams could come true but then the other side to you is like I'm a real person too you may think that my life is perfect from the outside but then you worked so hard and you've overcome so much to get to where you are now and you still are so I think that's the power to your voice oh thank you wow that's a lot to live up to but yeah like I mean this definitely didn't happen overnight i definitely busted my butt to be where I am today and the crazy thing is like with all the milestones and the feeling of gratitude it's crazy how everything's so relative it's almost like life's weird tricky little game it plays because once you hit a goal you're like what's next Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's something that I'm really starting to grasp and just trying to work on like just being more present and appreciating 10 times more I think It was this year when I just needed to take care of my soul as opposed to everything else. (laughs) Totally know what you're saying. And I think this is why this topic is so important. And I think we're so glad that you want to talk about this and open up and share about today's topic. Why don't you introduce it, Regina? (laughs) Well, Jen and I were kind of chatting and we're just talking about looking at our life, looking back. What were the steps that helped us get here? What were those risks that we were willing to take? And with today's topic, we're talking about connecting the dots. The Um, eggy dot. The eggy dot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Looking back at, you know, when we were in high school, what we envisioned, you know, our five-year goal and then what those five years actually look like. And then now what we hope to see in five years, Mm -hmm. especially when you're in high school trying to figure everything out college even everything seems very overwhelming and you hit these like hiccups and you're like why like Mm -hmm. why isn't everything going as smoothly as I wanted it to go and like why are things not happening the way that I want it to and I think that we can get very caught up in that and not really have us understand it until we're 
much older and looking back at it. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And it's not even like just high school and college. I'm 33 and I'm still having those moments sometimes, you know, where you're just like, what is happening? <laughs> like, so when you're so consumed by like what you're going through, you only see that and your perspective. Mm -hmm. And then obviously looking back now in hindsight, you're like, oh my god it wasn't that big of a deal I mean even if it was but it's still just like oh that was such a good learning experience because mm -hmm. it brought me to the next point so with that said <laughs> let's get into it I like how I just made that a thing let's get into, into it. it it's like a tutorial <laughs> let's start yeah <laughs> so Jen why don't you start us off with like what are some key dots for you in the past that really stuck out to you that you felt hopeless that you felt like at the time I don't understand what's going on I think as an Asian American, I feel like studies and academia is such a huge part of our culture. And growing up, I was never a great student. I always was like a straight B, sometimes C, one time D student. <laughs> I, know. Not, I know. My parents were not happy with me. And it was hard because it wasn't like I didn't try. Like I would read like a full chapter and I'll be like, what did I just read? <laughs> like, oh my gosh, it's, yes. it's, it's crazy. And I yeah. just feel like the biggest dot that happened to me was when I got rejected from all my dream schools. I got accepted to some colleges, but I have never been the type to just settle for anything. So I was like, okay, like, let's take a step back, go to community college. And so I think that dot really made sense for me, though, because even though I was basically like high school 2.0, with community college, I, I learned a lot about myself and what I wanted to do eventually. Um, so I picked my communication major and then I worked really hard and actually my grades were improving, which I was super happy about. I got like a 3.8 and like this was the highest GPA I've ever gotten in my entire life. So I was like, like, oh my gosh, like maybe Berkeley, maybe. I got rejected again. So Berkeley was your... Yeah, Berkeley was my number one school. Why, like, why? Because it's kind of like alternative and hippie culture and it was also just a really good school mm -hmm, and I just yeah. liked the campus and being so close to San Francisco I feel like a lot of great artists are from that area I was devastated I, I wanted to go to Berkeley since I was in seventh grade oh. and so I had been planning like from 12 to 17 for this plan and so when it didn't happen I was I felt really confused and I truly felt like I was an idiot I was like why can't I get into this school and I mean I went to UC Davis because it was still up north and I wanted to get away and it was probably the best decision I ever made mm -hmm. because UC Davis is still a great school but it's in like it's very isolated like middle in a farm right? town yeah middle yeah. nowhere but I feel like that's exactly what I needed because I like having a great time, you know. I feel like if I went to Berkeley or LA or even San Diego, like I would have just got carried away. But mm. Davis is nice because like, you're literally isolated. <laughs> and it's not like we didn't have fun there. Like there was like a lot of great parties. But I mean, it was good because I was really able to like focus on my education, which was why I was there in the first place. Mm. And I feel like that was when... I was really able to put like 100% into my channel because I was I felt so lost and just realizing maybe school isn't for me. I started to make YouTube videos mm -hmm. and me and my friend Sarah, we started creating these videos where we would show what we got at Goodwill and other stores and and it was our way to express ourselves without being graded. And that was the biggest thing because I was always used to like doing something and then like someone evaluating it. And at the time, like YouTube was just a completely different space. So it was like this really close-knit community where you were there to just like connect. Yeah, yeah. It's just like to put something out there with no expectations really. Mm -hmm. right. Zero expectations. At the time, like no one even knew you could make money from YouTube. Yeah. yeah. People were doing it because they were passionate or they were excited about mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Or just like, yeah, I got new clothes here. <laughs> Look yeah. at it. Yeah, yeah. You know? Let me style. share yeah. with my friend who's at UC San Diego. And mm -hmm. I love yeah. stories like that, especially with social media and YouTube. You hear how you started and it was not with the intent to be famous, to land mm -hmm. sponsored deals. It just wasn't like that. It was just purely because you were in the middle of nowhere. This whole idea of I went to Goodwill versus like nowadays you see everyone's like going to Zara or Forever 21 and showing off those clothes. But you went to Goodwill to show like the creativity of what you got for a good steal. Yeah, I, I've always <laughs> wanted to get the most bang for my buck. And when yeah. you go to Goodwill, well, you got 20 bucks, you can get like at least four things. Yeah. And if you go on a dollar sale, you can get 20 things. It was amazing. And I liked the thrill of not knowing what you were going to get and that no one can get it because you're the only one of it, yeah. you know? Especially now with fast fashion, it's like you're just giving away a lot mm -hmm. of all this like good stuff. But then at Goodwill, you get to actually browse through it and get it for like a fraction of the cost. Mm -hmm. And then that's where 
<laughs> me and Regina were saying like that dot for you is the same dot for me and Regina. Yeah. Oh, the community this, college dot. Yeah. Or, just like oh, the oh. idea of like not going to your dream college. Oh, because, I, that's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. Because I, I think that for me, like in high school, I was just like, oh, we're all on the same path. We're all doing the same mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. Similar classes. Maybe some people have more APs. And then college was the real like, oh, we're dividing you guys yeah, now. Uh-huh. And I think I wanted to go to UCLA because <laughs> ah. like my dad worked there. A lot of my best friends were going. My cousin was there. I, we just had this like long-standing history with UCLA. Mm. And so I was like, yes, I, I never did well in school. And like, yes, I never really cared that much, but like, I'll get in. And then when the results came out and I was like, oh, <laughs> this is not how life works. And I think that was a very big hit because then all of a sudden my plans just kind of fell apart. And I ended up going to a private school in the suburbs of LA. It was a private Christian college and like, I'm not religious at all. And yeah. And growing up in Arcadia, everybody's Asian. And then suddenly I was immersed in this school where it was like weird to eat with chopsticks and weird to take off your shoes before you go to bed. It was a very tough two years. I actually spent a lot of my time running away from it because Mm. I was like, "Mm, this doesn't fit my image of how I envisioned my life to go. And so then I just just like we'd go to you know UCLA parties or like go hang out with my other friends go spend time at the YouTube company that I worked out because I felt more comfortable with myself but looking back now I'm like oh it made so much sense I stayed in the LA area so that I had the flexibility to work for the YouTube company as often as I did and like because the people had such a different mindset than everyone around me growing up it challenged me to be like, so what do you believe in? Like, Mm -hmm. why Mm -hmm. do you think so differently than everyone else around you? Yeah. I mean, to give context, I think three of us all grew up in SoCal, Mm -hmm. right? And then Jen, you were also in a predominantly Asian community. No, I wasn't actually. Oh, It was mostly Hispanic. Oh. Yeah. But were your parents really academically driven? Like they wanted to push you to be good at like... Oh yeah, 100%. They like put... I feel so bad for like how much money they invested in me. Like so many like SAT schools and like they would spend all their money to like take me and my brother to those schools. And like I felt even worse because after school I would go to these programs and it still just went over my head. Like... Yeah. And SAT classes are really expensive. It's insane. Like I feel like I wasn't in a space where I could absorb anything because I felt so anxious about learning. I was like, just memorize it. Like I felt a lot of pressure. And the thing is like my grades started to improve when I was just learning for the sake of learning. That's the craziest thing because I didn't have that crazy mental block and that immense pressure anymore. Yes, that's exactly what I learned too where growing up it was always push, push, push. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't an A plus and you got an A minus, it's like, why isn't it an A plus? So there was always (laughs) that pressure to be like, do whatever I can to just get that A because that Mm -hmm. A means everything. That Mm -hmm. means that I'm good enough that means that my parents love me that means you know my future will be successful mm-hmm. I've said this before I got kicked out of my high school so you're talking about whoa. like A, B, C's and D's I got F's Ooh, yeah. And I, I, yeah I got it like whoa. yeah I, I know <laughs> and then I was doing drugs and I was doing E before they were calling it Molly's oh, wow. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then that was of course at the most pivotal year sophomore year mm. and so junior year was when I got kicked out of my high school I had to go to another high school and then it was like okay down like now I'm doing it for me because Mm -hmm. now I feel the pressure everything I did before was out of rebellion because I didn't want to do it anymore I didn't want to Mm -hmm. do it for my parents so from that point on I was like out to prove to myself that I can do this right Mm -hmm. but those straight A's junior didn't matter because I was it was so bad sophomore year so then when you combine all those scores and SAT I ended up going to Cal State Long Beach and I was the first cousin that went to a Cal State. Everyone went to a UC school. You know what's stupid? I feel like people have this like perception of Cal State thinking that they're not great schools. Yeah. But they are great schools. If anything, they're better because you're hands-on. I mean, it would have been cool if, if I went to Cal State Fullerton because they had a really strong communication program. So if anything, I probably would have actually used my like comm major in there. I remember being so wow. embarrassed to tell people like, oh, where was I going to school? I was like, oh, it's this like private school. You're still like that. The, I know, I still am. Yeah, and I feel like it's still plays into it because we grew up with such a stigma to like if you don't get into UCLA, UC Berkeley, then there's something wrong with you. Yeah. And then you're screwed. <laughs> the rest of your life. It's like you're so dumb because it's like at the end of the day, 
like now that I'm out of college, I've been out of college for what, like four years. I literally do not care what school you go to. I care about who you are. But I feel like at the end of the day, like it's, it's who you are inside. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. And those are the life skills that you learn, whichever path you end up being on. It's Mm -hmm. like you get to a certain point and you're just like, okay, I'm learning to learn because I actually do want to learn like what interests me, which is the point, you know, you're not supposed to walk out being like, okay, well, unless you already go in knowing that you want to be a doctor, lawyer, whatever, you know? Yeah. But if you're going in there trying to figure out what you want to do, then the goal is to go and actually learn and try different things. Like I took a photography class in college Mm. and actually I loved it. I loved it for like the creativity and the technique and all those things that I walked away with. And that actually told me more than any of the business classes that I was actually taking just free your mind why are you there so there's this other side to let's say this college experience or that particular dot that people don't stress enough Mm -hmm. and I think that's super important because it answers so many questions moving on to your next dot Mm -hmm. yeah I took a theater class oh nice and like I remember just being so nervous to do monologues (sighs) and then I did it and then I was like oh wow this was actually really fun and I think that it further developed my interest in like storytelling and characters because I feel like it's so complex like I think growing up I was like oh I really like tv and movies but I couldn't figure out why Mm. and then it wasn't until I took like this theater class and like learned more about storytelling that I was like oh there's so much power in that and then my passion started growing bigger and bigger right right so Jen where did your dot take you from UC Davis and putting YouTube videos online of your hauls what was the next stop from there I guess after that dot it was the YouTube dot okay let's really put like a hundred and ten percent into YouTube because I was always juggling YouTube it was like my side thing but the crazy thing is like sometimes I get comments oh like how do you juggle your school work and YouTube and the thing is, when you love something, you will always make time for it. So you, you tweeted you tweeted that recently. I did, I did. And it was as I was working out, I'm like, oh, like I will always make time to work out. <laughs> it's like that Rocky music playing in the background, like da 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 da. I guess so. After my college dot, it was my workforce dot, which was YouTube, and that was a really interesting jump for me because it was completely different from what everyone else was doing because everyone else was doing like interviews or submitting their resumes and I told myself like okay Jen like let's put everything in YouTube for a year and see how it does at that point I was able to support myself just doing YouTube that's the craziest part like the fact that I was able to do it as long as I was, that was like my only priority. I really like was able to expand it. Those are definitely one of the most happiest points of my life. Cause after Davis, I moved to Oakland. I had my own little place. I didn't have to have any roommates. <laughs> it was amazing. Like I finally was able to live alone. And that's when I realized how much I love being alone. Yeah. I just really liked being able to create my own space. And it was really therapeutic. I love like homemaking, you know, I love cooking. I love doing laundry. Like I like having my own little routine system. And it was a really important dot for me. Mm-hmm. Did you ever feel in that particular dot? Did you ever doubt yourself? Like were your parents supportive of everything you were doing? The crazy thing is, okay, so they knew when I started my channel. Cause I was like, oh my, look what I did. And then <laughs> she's like, oh. But, like, but they didn't take it seriously until I was like, oh my gosh, Oma, I got my first YouTube checks for $100. And they're like, you got money from doing this? And I was like, uh-huh. And they're like, oh, keep doing that. Oh. And I was like, okay. So they were fully supportive. I feel like my parents are the type of people that uh, you have to show them the end result. Yeah, You know, like I was able to show them like, okay, mom and dad, like I'm going to be able to like support my rent by just doing this. And they're like, okay, do it. And so in that sense, they were extremely supportive and I feel like that YouTube dot when I first started wasn't a struggle for me because it was almost like a time of expansion and thriving. It wasn't until the point until I moved back down to LA because I was living in Oakland. It was an amazing time, but I started to like reevaluate things like, okay, so all my family's down there. A lot of my friends are still down there. Why am I up here? Mm. And so basically I'm going to move back down to LA and I'm going to start like a new chapter of my life because I've always been from SoCal, but I never actually lived in LA proper. So that was another new chapter for me. But it was also when making YouTube videos became a little more challenging because I think when you do something for a long time, it's more difficult to like find like spice in it and you're always trying to evolve. It seems like during that time too, even the YouTube platform in general across many different channels, it became kind of the switch of 
it was fun, but then business started to come yeah, into it. it. Yeah. yeah, it's like when you like have to do something, suddenly like it doesn't really become that fun. I don't know, like 2015 was a weird year for me because I was in LA living alone again and it opened up a new door of vices, I suppose, because there's a crazy nightlife out here and I had forgot how many people I knew down here. So I was getting drinks with friends I haven't seen in years and it was just like a really beautiful time for reconnecting. But I feel like, yeah, I was getting more distracted. And I think a lot of times, you know, going into vices, the vices come out for a reason mm-hmm. because you need to escape from mm-hmm. something, you know, exactly. and we all have vices. That's the thing. And then I think we're conditioned to be embarrassed by them, but we all have them. Exactly. Yeah. But I totally understand because you need a release, not to say that you're not grateful or appreciative of your life as mm-hmm. it is, but thinking about it, looking at it now from my perspective, it's your inner spirit saying there's growth happening. There's change happening mm-hmm. in your evolution, mm-hmm. but you, you can't identify it yet. You know, you just know like, okay, where you are currently isn't the same anymore. It's not satisfying you the same way. It's not fulfilling you in the same way. But that's not a bad thing. I think I used to feel so much guilt from it because it's just like, how can you say that? Look at your life. Mm -hmm. And like, you you worked Mm -hmm. so hard to get to this point. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, that's the beautiful part about evolution where if you're going to talk about metaphors of caterpillars and butterflies, you can be a caterpillar all your life. And that's fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with being a caterpillar. But then when you start cocooning, you shouldn't feel guilt in that because you're getting into your next stage of your life Mm -hmm. for a bigger purpose. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really important dot to emphasize and look back on because mm-hmm. if you can pinpoint anything on um, a big pivotal change in your life is usually when you start identifying the vices. It's yeah. so scary though when you're going through it, when you're moving back to LA and you're like, oh my gosh, my life is changing. I now have these newfound responsibilities mm-hmm. that I'm sure that you could kind of quote unquote run away from when you were like further away. I mm-hmm. feel like that a lot too when I do have little inklings of like wanting to move back to LA, but then I'm like, oh, my life would literally completely change. Like I grew up in SoCal as well, never lived in LA proper. Mm -hmm. And like coming back, I want to spend time with my family, Mm -hmm. but then also having to juggle my career. But then, you know, what about my childhood friends that Mm -hmm. I haven't seen in years? Like Mm -hmm. that idea kind of freaks me out. Just having to turn a new page that I'm not used to. And I think too, when you're going through these big changes, your mind just does not stop thinking of every wrong or horrible scenario that could come of it. When I first moved to New York, I was like, oh my God, this is so exciting. And then when things didn't go according to plan, I was like, why? (laughs) I I thought I did everything the right way. And then I definitely had days where I was just like, I just, I'm just going to sit in my room and like not talk to anyone because I I don't have the energy to like pretend that everything's okay when I don't even know what I'm going to be doing tomorrow. And then I'm like spending all this money living in this city that's so expensive. Mm -hmm. How do I find sustainability in this? When you're in it, it's very hard to see what's coming next. I agree. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of, whether you want to recognize it or not your insecurities start to creep up during Mm -hmm. that time right Mm -hmm. then the more you want to ignore it and then the more anxious you are and you start overthinking everything the more you dive into your vices which i'm gonna drink i'm gonna have fun with my friends i'm gonna do drugs you know like (laughs) i always say this (laughs) i enjoyed that dot in my life i enjoyed doing drugs it taught me a lot i'm glad i did it at an early age because I see why people do it Mm -hmm. and I didn't understand it at the time. I was just like, oh, you get to have fun with your friends. It makes you feel happy, right? But looking back, it's because I was so unhappy with my reality. I hated myself at the time and that was my escape. But then the consequences of that is like, I really felt that I was a lot slower after. I can't prove that, but I feel like the drugs really did mess with my head Mm -hmm. and it really did mess with a lot of my Mm self-esteem. And then you use it as a crutch. Yeah, I think like, especially if you're using uppers, everything has an effect. Yeah, so what goes up must come down mm-hmm. and I feel like some people it's even hard to get out of those downs yeah it's very temporary it is mm-hmm. it is and that's why I'm glad I and, and it's not for everyone but for me it was like I'm glad I did that at a younger age because I guess for me my issues weren't as severe as when you're an adult some things are real real issues mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and I feel like if I had relied on that for so long I would have become addicted to it but then it's just something like a dot that I went through. I'm like, okay, yeah, I did it. But then I understand why people do it. So it's like when people say they do drugs, I'm not like, cut, go to rehab. You know, it's like, no, I get it. <laughs> what are some vices that you have been through, Regina, in like looking
looking back now when you're saying it was difficult for you when you moved out to New York and things were happening the way that you thought they were? What were things that you were diving into to escape your reality? I definitely I think the biggest thing was like I just felt like a really big fraud. Like I felt like I was just lying to everyone. Everybody who would look at my Instagram feed would be like, oh, my God, you must be having like the time of your life. Everything must be great. And I was always like, yeah. And like, yeah, I would go out a lot with my friends. So like on weekends or happy hours, I was like, I'm there. (laughs) (laughs) And so I feel like I really immersed myself in my social life because I felt I had more control over that, Mm -hmm. over my like professional life. Mm. When I moved to New York, I was so excited. I love the show 30 Rock. I was like, I'm going to work at NBC. (laughs) I'm going to be a page. It's going to be great. We work like night shows and stuff. And then I got there and I was like, nothing was what I envisioned it but everybody else had this expectation of like well you moved across the country to pursue your dreams what do you have to be upset about well can you be more specific about how things weren't like what you thought they were be I definitely did not think it would be that difficult to get a job I was really just like oh well if you want something bad enough you know like the alchemist the the universe will conspire to help you get it and then when I got there I was like standing in front of the building like I had meetings with people and I'm like why am I not getting it and the first job that I actually got was seven months after I had moved there Uh, so I was unemployed for seven months at this time finally got this job out in New Jersey that was like a two-hour commute one way that I would have to get up at 4 a.m., catch a 5 a.m. train, two hours there, work till like 6, 7 p.m., and then like two hours back. And it wasn't even in something that I wanted to do. It was like in HR at an architecture firm. And I was like, why am I doing this? It just was very frustrating because I felt like, you know, I wanted this so bad, but the doors weren't opening. And I was meeting all the right people, but I wasn't getting that leverage. Mm -hmm. And so it was just, it was a very hard time because as excited as I was to tell people, I started this new chapter. And even when I renewed my lease after the first year, my mom was like, well, you don't even have a job that you want. Like you're not in the industry that you want. Like, why are you renewing your lease to stay out there longer? Mm. And so I felt like not only did I have to prove to myself that this is what I wanted, I had to prove to my parents and I couldn't even prove to either of those people that this is what I was truly fighting for. So then looking back at that dot now, what do you think it's taught you? I think that it gave me leverage to bribe my children one day. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know how like your parents are always like, oh, when I was young, I had to work in the countryside. Oh, now yeah, I'm like, yeah. I had to commute two hours. Um, but I think that it really taught me like, I really needed to fight for it. I think that I had a very, I don't want to say like, easy but like I definitely know that I grew up with a very privileged background like my parents provided a lot for me and so everything was like very easy the biggest misstep or mishap was when I didn't get into the college that I wanted to and that was my own fault Mm -hmm. and so I think that during this time I look back at it and I'm like wow I must have really really wanted to prove myself in a city that I didn't really grow up in and didn't really have like a support system Mm -hmm. and I think that that really further solidified my passion for what I was doing but at the time I I couldn't see that yeah I think it's also continuing what you were saying about how you were brought up it's like things would happen for you that's why you thought it would be that easy you know if you if you worked and put in a certain amount the expectation would be like you can get what you want but then when you became an adult, it was like, oh, this is how the real world works. Yeah. yeah. And, and New York shat all over me. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the craziest place to dive in as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it was also how everyone's like, oh, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. And so I was like, I can do this. And then my first year and a half, I was like, maybe I can't. Yeah. Yeah. And it forces you to dig deeper. Yeah. Right. And really question like, why are you out here? Like, if it's not happening the way you thought it would, then do you really want it that badly? Are you willing to push that much harder for it? When everyone around you was telling you, like, just call it quits. Come home. Like, your parents were like, it's easier back home. Yeah, they're like, come home. You don't have to pay your, like, extremely expensive rent for a (laughs) shoebox of an apartment. Yeah. So, if anything, I can see as someone who's been watching you, (laughs) it's given you a lot of depth and built your character and your resilience So Jen, from your point, you know, you left off at, you came to LA and then you realized like, oh, you're reconnecting with a lot of people and finding like these vices that were coming out and you're diving more into that. What happened next? Well, it was good because Ben moved in with me like Mm -hmm. a year after. Once he was here, I was focused more. I think actually I didn't 
connect the dots until now, but I think a lot of the reasons why I was like escaping was because I missed him a lot too. Mm-hmm. We were in a long distance relationship for like a year and he lives in England and it was really tough. And like when you love someone that much, like you just want to be with them. And it was like so frustrating, like when we would want to spend like our special moments together, whether it's like our birthdays or like Valentine's Day, like it was tough. How often did you guys see each other? Then? Maybe like every month. I don't know. I think it's because like every time I went away, it almost felt like a, like a mini vacation with us, you know, because mm-hmm. like we were waiting so long and now we get to see each other. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that's why like my work wasn't as inspired because my heart was somewhere else and when we had to say goodbye that was the worst like being on like the nine hour plane ride being like like, you know like the person that I wanted yeah right it's like I'm going like the opposite way it's like so different like going to the airport you're like yeah and then leaving you're like (laughs) so I guess the next dot comes from when he moved in with me and that was such a beautiful time because he has helped so much with my channel YouTube as like a one woman show is really difficult. There's a lot of thought and effort and just like, there's a lot of direction. yeah, a lot of direction that goes into YouTube videos and for a long time I was just doing it by myself. When Ben moved in with me, it was just like night and day really. Like I was really able to like focus on our relationship and the channel and that's when Ben and I started to like share our friends and create a new community here. That was also a really beautiful dot. I feel like that catches you up to where you are now. Yes, right? yes. Yeah, and then, you know, you have your new line of clothing, Eggy, you know. I think it's just like, we say this in the YouTube community, but Jen Im has been the it girl for Aww, a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. seriously. I don't want to take that. But yeah, <laughs> no, no. It's, you should definitely accept that because it's like, you did such a good job in just expressing yourself and then reaching an audience that they were looking for you like a personality i think that with youtube one of the downfalls is that everybody starts copying one another Mm -hmm. and then they're just like oh they did this so i'm gonna do that too but give it like a little bit of a twist i think that that's when youtube becomes very saturated with a lot of the same things and so when someone does something new they're like oh let's go see what that's about and i think that you've done that very beautifully oh thank you I think it's like I've always been the type of person that never likes to stay stagnant. And I feel like in between all these dots, like if something wasn't working for me, I never just like sat around waiting for it to change. Like I did everything I possibly could to do something about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, for my channel, when I realized that everyone's editing game was like starting to pick up, I was like, geez, like I don't know how to do these graphics. It's actually crazy. Like my graphic designer, Dawn, just cold emailed me being like, Hey, Jen, my name's Dawn. Here's my resume. I would love to work with you. At the time, my banner was a piece of... (laughs) It was was bad. I met up with her for coffee and she had come up with these mock-ups and I was like, oh my God, like, where did you come from? And it literally changed my life so much because I would spend an hour and a half on these thumbnails and they would just look so meh. And like, I wasn't happy with it. And Mm -hmm. I realized that instead of spending time trying to learn a completely new skill it's better just to find someone who's better at it than you and then you can just focus on what you're good at which is like creating content creating Mm -hmm. videos that gave me the breathing room to evolve my channel and and film things that i truly want to yeah yeah graphics are incredible thank you yeah so pretty like especially having followed you for so many years like watching the way that you edit evolve watching the graphics like i could i definitely like love the look of like your youtube page now Thank it's you. so pretty. Yeah, there's so much effort that goes into it. So thank you. I'm like really happy that it's being appreciated. Seriously. Yeah, and I think that speaks to the reflection of how you feel as a creator and as an artist. Because like when you're not feeling it, it reflects in your work. Yeah, right? yeah. And then, then it's like you have to push through that because as an artist, for sure, everyone goes through moments of just, ugh, I just, I'm not feeling it. Mm-hmm. But you still need to push through it to make stuff to grow. Exactly. Like we said this in a past episode where you can really tell the content creators that have just stayed the same. Not to say that it doesn't work for them, but it's just the growth has just plateaued. Mm-hmm. If you view it as an art and you view making videos or coming up with a fashion line or whatever as an expression of yourself, then the goal is to continuously take risks so mm-hmm. that you can learn, expand and grow and be like, okay, this is not really what I like to do. I tried it and mm-hmm. this is not for me. It's not like every Every dot is going to be, oh my God, this is the pivotal dot for me. It's just, mm-hmm. oh, even if, if no is the answer, then that's still a dot that you're exactly. like, okay, I'm not moving forward in that. So then what do you think about connecting all these thoughts and where you are now with your new venture in this eggy line? Does it speak to you? Are you very inspired by it? Or have you learned like, I enjoy creating my own line, but it's made me want to 
go a different way in the future, try different things in the future. Well, I feel like this line is a huge milestone for me. I feel like right now, currently, like I'm in this weird growing pains of it because it's like I've taken on like another full-time job and I feel like it's just a lot of juggling, but it's... (sighs) It's challenging you, right? Yeah, it's definitely challenging me. But it's it's hard because it's another thing that I'm putting everything into. And... Hmm. But you feel like you're spreading yourself. Yes, now. I think right at this moment. Like, I'm in that phase where, like, I need, I need some more help. But it's something that excites me because fashion and style has always been such a huge part of my spirit. And so being able to create a line that I can make clothes that I actually want to wear is very thrilling. But it's also opened up a new vulnerability because a lot of people like have their own two cents about it. And it hurts, especially when they look at it and they say something mean, like, oh, that looks like shit. Or would Jen even wear that? I'm like, girl, it's, it's part of my line. Like, of course I would wear it. It's been a new set of criticisms that I haven't felt before. So I think right now it's it's hard because right now I'm still trying to hone in my true like brand identity. We're only at the second drop and I want to be able to continue this as long as I possibly can. And I know a clothing line is one of the hardest businesses to succeed in. It's hard because it's not like makeup where you try like trying a lipstick and you're like, oh, it looks good. Like this is a shirt. That like you kind of have to eyeball like are you a medium or are you are you large like you you don't know and then you just pray to God that it fits when it comes in the mail so it's been really tricky and also like designing for other people like I don't know I want to create clothes that like everyone would feel comfortable wearing so that's why like I try to make a, a large range like there are easier pieces of style like hoodies sweatshirts and there's also like more fashion forward pieces like wide leg trousers with a big chain they're all things that I would genuinely wear but it's also trying to see what everyone likes too you know it's, it's kind of like a video it's something I struggle with like oh like I want to make this video but would anyone else want to see it I really appreciate the fact that you're like talking about being inclusive of like all the different people and all different styles mm-hmm. because I think that that is something that like people don't really think about I love that you're slowly finding your voice in that I think that's a really difficult thing to do yeah yeah and I see the expansion in how you're challenging yourself because you could easily just keep grinding out the youtube videos mm-hmm. and you don't have to work with color pop you don't have to like start eggy and stuff like you said it's a great opportunity but there's so much work behind it exactly you know and there's it's not like the return is guaranteed it's not like oh okay you're gonna bring all your subscribers and this is gonna be successful it's like it's a risk every mm-hmm. time it's a risk so that's the part where i think people may not see from the outside because it's like oh it came so easy like of course she would have her own fashion line of course all these brands want to work with her it's like no there's a lot of hustle and insecurities that come with that is there a lot of pressure for you i'm assuming there's a lot absolutely of there's a lot of people writing on me for this line as well like and do you feel pressure tough. for yourself like oh absolutely you- i'm like my worst critic and also like toughest boss i put a lot of work into my channel and eggy and everything that I do. Like I can't half-ass anything. It's just. Cause I know you mentioned in your imperfectly perfect yeah. video that like <laughs> you overthink a lot. Yeah. I overthink a lot. And I think right now I'm really just trying to like follow my gut because that's who knows what to do. But I feel like I have all like these annoying little thoughts that like come up to me, like to, to doubt myself and to make me feel insecure, to make me, want to appease like so many people and it's 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 tough because I want to make everyone happy but I know it's impossible to do that diving in deeper into that through all the different therapeutic talks that we've had I also realized that that comes from somewhere very specific in your life where this need to want to please yeah 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 and that probably stems from somewhere in your past like even growing up like obviously it feels good when you please someone you make someone Mm -hmm. happy Mm -hmm. and I feel like a lot of times as artists as much as you're making yourself happy in creating this, the whole goal is to instill that happiness in other people who see it. So I think more so now as you continuously grow and get bigger and your content, there's, there's stuff writing on it. The pressure to appease what millions of people now, it's overwhelming. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard because like, I guess being like a YouTuber is, is bizarre because like sometimes when I meet people and they're like shocked and like floored to meet me, I'm just kind of like, I have like a big question mark in my head because to me, like I'm still like, I'm still Jen. I'm still Jen. Jen Yeah, so So I just don't want to disappoint anybody. Because at the end of the day, like, when I go home, I don't see myself like, oh, I'm Jen Im. I see myself and I see, like, the fat sixth grader with, like, bad eyesight. Like, I'm still, like, I think, like, I think, like, my childhood... 
No, no, no. Emotionally no. intelligent. Okay. <laughs> okay. No feel. <laughs> but like, I, I've always been like a really insecure person. And I feel like, oh my God, what? Stop. Oh my God. Sorry. Okay. But don't apologize. Yeah. No, don't seriously. Okay. But I, oh, okay. I just wish I just didn't cry. Like, I'm just such a feeler. It's amazing because I feel like I have such a hard time tapping into my emotions. Really? Until oh it like, it's like five years later and I'm like, like yelling at Christine <laughs> over something. Oh that my I'm God. like, oh, this is even about <laughs> like, you <laughs> like I'm just so transparent and like when I feel something it's like really hard to like just stop but yeah like I've always been a really insecure girl and I feel like that's why I did YouTube because it was like my own little thing that I can like chop up and like create exactly how I imagined in my head yeah. because I always had like a lot of self-doubt within and I think a lot of it stems with like how I did in school which is so bizarre it it's like from like first to 12th grade that's a lot of like formative years that is all like based on your grades and I feel like growing up in a community where like being Asian wasn't beautiful and like yeah yeah no and I think no I no I completely relate to that I think that growing up for me body image was such a difficult Mm -hmm. thing for me to Mm -hmm. deal with even though I grew up in a super Asian community it was still like oh why don't you have double eyelids oh why are you like curvier than everyone else a lot of those criticisms I just harbored them and I didn't talk about them Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until now seeing YouTube evolve I think that one of the things that people admire the most about youtubers is because they feel like oh that could be me like yeah and it really could be you that's the crazy thing Mm -hmm. yeah but I think that there's those people right who think like oh I could that could be me and then there's the people who are like oh my god they're amazing they're celebrities they're like our I don't know you know Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt when we were growing up Mm, and I think that they don't know how to like associate with that especially when they're meeting you in person Mm -hmm. I think that's the power to your story Mm -hmm. looking at you I would never think that because no. you're gorgeous. So you. It's like that freaking Britney Spears song, Lucky. <laughs> like I like recently saw it at a karaoke bar. I started so crying. You're a star. No, there's a lot of like pressure that I feel, and sometimes like there's this like disconnect mm-hmm. when I'm feeling like really down on myself. I just think, whoa, like what would the Gen M that like subscribers think of you? You know, like it's mm-hmm. it's like I almost feel like that's like the self that I like aspire to be, even for myself. Because what I put on my social media channels, like that's my highlight reel. And I really wish I am going to get to a place where I can be more honest. But I feel like right now I'm like learning how to just be more confident in myself. Yeah, you know? Yeah. I'm like it's so hard. It's it hard. Is yeah. so hard. hard. And it, and it's like you think that looking from the outside it's like People think they know you by how you look. And then for me, it's like, oh, my age, right? Like 33, you should have your life together and stuff. But then that's not the reality. I doubt myself constantly. That's why I finally fell into a huge depression. That's I've been struggling with depression for this past year. That was because I felt like the same type of pressure to have to appease everybody and not be criticized Mm -hmm. because I felt if I'm 110% in everything that I do and in everything that I am then there should be no room for people to to criticize me Mm -hmm. right and that came and I've said this before it came from growing up and feeling not good enough because I was always criticized for like the little even like growing up like I got criticized for like getting glasses when I was like nine Mm -hmm. and my mom was like another thing that you are like making us spend money and I felt bad about something I couldn't even control and like it goes from like like even like my period like I got my period when I was eight like really young like in third grade I got my period yeah I know it was very bizarre but I remember like I feel bad like calling out my mom but I'm I'm sure she was really confused too and she was like like why is this happening and then suddenly I felt really like shameful and like guilty about something that I couldn't control so I feel like like I just have like a lot of like the onion goes deep like in this yeah (laughs) Yeah, it really goes deep like I feel I feel like a lot of guilt and shame and I feel like that's like the core right now I feel like I'm learning to rewire a lot of things and Ben has been such a positive change in my life honestly like Ben really is the way he is all the time which is freaking insane like he's he's like floating like he's on something and (laughs) I think it's because he is so present Mm. and he doesn't sweat the small stuff like sometimes I'll get this horrible comment and he'll be like babe it's all right like think about that person like (laughs) is that person happy like I I love that accent envision it and like it'll see something like really inspiring and it it helps me snap out of it and so honestly like it's crazy like I feel so lucky because people are gifts and my relationships with the people closest in my life 
are what keep me alive and inspired. And mm. yeah, it's good that we're talking it out because now I can listen back probably when this comes out and be like, girl, what were you thinking? <laughs> no, but this is this is an icky dot. Yeah, no, it is like you thought, and it's it's not like all just yes, it's amazing. We're doing amazing. Like it's a lot of work. I feel like a lot of times, like I ask myself, like why do you work yourself to the bone? I don't know. Like I want to get to a point where I can like like support everyone that I love in my life. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's why. Like I feel like a guilt. I feel like a guilt because my parents have given me so much, and I want to be able to like retire them, pay off the home, and. But I feel like it's that list that keeps adding on. It's like you want to take care of your parents, you want to take care of your future kids, you want to take care of like your brother. Like it, like the list will always go on. So I think that's what I'm trying to like fix, because like no matter what, I'm realizing like whatever milestone you hit, there's always going to be more. Like there's yeah. always like the next level, and it's 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 scary to find true fulfillment in that moment. Yeah, right? exactly. And exactly. Gratification. And, yeah. and like I know I'm crying right now, but I'm just feeling a lot right now. But I I want to make it clear that like I am happy and my spirit does feel full. But I'm just saying like I have a lot of emotions, and I think maybe that's why like I don't know. I I'm just like feeling like like when I, when I'm happy, I'm freaking happy. When I'm when I'm sad, I'm sad. Like yeah, it's just yeah. it's just a lot. Yeah. No, I think like the concept that you have to be ha- we just did a topic about this where it's like you have to be happy all the time, yeah. right? And everybody because there's always someone who has less than than you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, so there's always that guilt to like well someone's going to be like are you really going to be complaining about that? Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. that that is just the reality of things because we are human. Mm-hmm. We're human and then that's the part of like we're learning. Like to, in order to feel true gratitude for something, you have to get to that point of just like fully understanding and empathizing with this is it, like the simplistic thing. Then when you just said that, like, you know, what you really ultimately want is to take care of your family. That sounds like sixth grade Jen talking <laughs> with glasses and feeling really just the weight of the world yeah it's like i'm sorry mom like i I think that was the most sad i ever was like middle school because i just literally just felt like 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 a tumor in my family i mean i know know it sounds harsh but just like nothing was going right at that time but through that struggle i think that's when i found interest in other things because i wasn't like good at anything i started to watch more movies delve into music dive into fashion i feel like that's where all my hobbies and interests grew mm-hmm. from that low point right that's incredible to think about because i think that you know we all relate on the whole like school not working out <laughs> aspect but to invest in things that you're like hey that is something that i like or that is something that i'm interested in i think that we've always put this so much pressure on like what looks good to other people that we don't ask ourselves like wait but like what do we want mm-hmm. you know and school for me was just i just i couldn't do it like that that's the reality mm-hmm. of the situation and my parents would always be like what do you mean you're just not trying hard enough like you're not studying if no you're not studying the right way mm-hmm. and I'm like no I've reading this and like regurgitating is just something that is very difficult for me mm-hmm. as I got older as I started to build more confidence in the things that I did enjoy which was like you know entertainment and stuff I think that slowly that confidence started building mm-hmm. but at the same time I would be like but are my parents proud of me? Like, yeah. are they, am I doing something that they can be like, oh, look, this is, you know, what my daughter's doing. Like, even with this podcast, like, I'm so passionate about it. They're like, what's a podcast? Oh like, my God. How do I listen to this? Wait, yeah. so it's only audio? No. Like, you yeah. know, they don't really fully understand it. Mm. But then if I can show them numbers or monetary value, they're mm. like, oh, oh, cool. Like, this is sustainable. But even so, I still feel this need to constantly prove to them, like, yes, what I'm doing is sustainable. Yes, what I'm doing is doing good for the world. My Both of my parents are in the medical field. So they're always like, you know, help other people. That's what you should do. Like, you should spend your life helping other people and the people around you. Mm-hmm. And the best way to do that is medicine. And now I'm like, but there's so much more than just like, you know, physical wellness. There's also mental wellness. Yeah, and like, one. yeah, that I feel like people ignore and that a first generation Asian Americans like us have a very hard time explaining to our parents because our parents are like, hey, I put food in front of your table. I gave you an education. Like, what more can you ask for? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's where the guilt comes in. And I really think that I guess getting to the part of just you know, the overall message and what we've learned hearing both of your guys' story and also reflecting on my own personal path. We share that same guilt in that there's just something wrong with us. Like we didn't really fit in, like no matter how hard we try to be like everyone else, there's just something like we just couldn't do, obtain, couldn't 
be just right so you know it's like goldilocks it's like it's too hot it's too cold and you're just like i don't know i try being hot because everyone says you have to be hot then i try being cold and that's not right either you know so now i'm right in the middle of who am i like looking at everyone else you're like it seems to come natural to them you know and then they seem to just be able to do that so then why not for me looking back now i think going through all these dots it really has come to a point really just learning and stripping down the onion to the core of like there was nothing wrong with me to begin with Mm -hmm. i was made intentionally this way it's not to say that we didn't try it's not to say that you know we didn't try to get those good grades We, we didn't try to get into a good college we didn't try to get like a stable job in this and be like what success looks like you know try to please our parents try to please the world it just didn't feel right the dots were not aligning that way and i think because of those dots pivoting from the dots that we thought we would be on were what everybody else's dots were has brought us to this point now. Mm-hmm. And we're speaking to people who feel the exact same way. And I think that's the significance in all these dots put together. You went through all of those life experiences so that you can speak to the very person, the same six-year-old Jen, you know, the same like 15-year-old Regina that doubted herself, you know, that was like, I don't fit in. I don't know why. There's so many countless people out there, whether they're in high school or college or even my age now, you know, that feel that same way. They don't have the answers. And not to get dark about it, but escape from that is just feeling completely hopeless and wanting it to just all go away and end everything, right? And I think we've gone through these challenges and feeling that same way that other people can relate to us because we're bold enough to talk about it. We're getting to a point where it's like, let's cut the shit. Like, let's just be vulnerable because that's true to ourselves. And by doing so, that's the light that's shining on our past selves and younger people now who feel hopeless. I think through my depression, which was a huge eggy dot, (laughs) like, you know, where at the time I felt all the points of being burnt out, feeling like a failure, feeling like, how dare I quit Wang Fu Productions? Everyone wanted my job. I wanted it to stop i was so stressed beyond belief at the moment i would not allow myself to give up and then the end result was my depression and health issues that came from that because life forced me to stop that dot made me stop that is the reason why i'm here right now sitting at this table talking to jen and regina and that's all i'm focused on right now because who the hell knows with trump nowadays if we're gonna have like a nuclear war tomorrow or not you know it's like i'm only focused on now and the point of us being able to dig in deep so that whoever listens can be like you know what no one's ever said that i feel the exact same way so i think like um jen was saying that you got you just recently got into oprah and stuff right Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and you know i pulled up her quote She says that her goal and purpose is to help elevate the higher good of everyone else and to fulfill the highest and truest expression of yourself as a human being. I don't know about you guys, but I found that that is my common thread and purpose throughout all these dots. Mm -hmm. And I ultimately realized through all these up and downs, all these dots that pivoted this way and that way, that I've come to a point where all I want to do is to connect mm-hmm. with other people. Exactly. Like truly connect. How about you guys? Looking back now, what is your thread of purpose? Dang, you got a good one. <laughs> I took it. I, just, I took it all. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I know. I think, as I said earlier, you know, my parents were both in the medical field. They were very much so about helping other people. And I think growing up, I just always felt there was nothing unique about me. I was like, oh, I'm just like everyone else. You know, all the dark thoughts, all the insecurities, I was like, that's just me. Now, as I get older and I meet more people connect with more people I'm like wow we all have this like thread not to you know <laughs> piggyback of, off of yours um yeah thread but, is my word but and <laughs> that's my purpose <laughs> but I think for me it's like to help others like realize that they're not alone I mean even meeting you today I think I always had this vision of like who Jen Im was and then hearing your story and hearing the power to that it's like wow we really are all the same like we go through the same struggles we have the same dark thoughts about ourselves no matter how many instagram followers i think that it's just this idea of like helping other people feel more okay with themselves yeah absolutely i I feel like that's exactly what i was gonna say as well 
Like, I mean, I feel like all our answers just kind of yeah. bleed into the fact that, like, we all just want to be, like, validated and acknowledged. Yeah. Like, straight up. It's like, because if you take away your career and, like, what school you went to or whatever, like, it's about, like, who you are as a person and how you make them feel. And I think listening is such a, a huge part of connecting with people. And even if I'm just doing small talk, like, how was your day? Because, like, I genuinely want to know what you did today. Yeah. Um, I think that kind of stuff, just, like, knowing that the other person knows that you're hearing them, I think that power is huge and I feel like that's the only like activity that I I would always always want to do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I think you know we all continue on in our journey I'm focusing more on that because the fulfillment is in that thread of purpose so whatever you pursue and I pursue as long as I stick true to that purpose I find that I don't need to worry about like how is this podcast gonna do how many followers are you like of course those thoughts sneak in but once I change my mindset, that's not the end all goal for me. I grew up when there was no internet, you know, and all this is like <laughs> followers for what, you know? And why are they following me? <laughs> yeah. No, honestly, I felt like at Wang Fu, I started to feel like I was playing a character mm-hmm. of what people wanted, who I should be sitting in that role. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, how dare you get to hang out with Wang Fu Productions and look like that? Get your shit together. We don't know anything about you, but you certainly don't deserve to have all this attention. So then I was like, well, shit, then I got to, you know, change the way I look. I got to care about my hair. I got to care about my fashion. I got and all these things that took away from the core of why I joined Wong Fu in the first place, which is to tell authentic story. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. scary. Yeah. Honestly. Because then you lose yourself. You, lo- you mm-hmm. totally. And then your mind space is so focused on those voices that are not yours, right? It's like the overthinking of like, don't you think that this person would be better in this? And, you know, why are you even here? You're not good enough. And instead of focusing on like, what speaks to me? point of this podcast is so that we can have talks like this mm-hmm. that can finally reach out to the people that you know we only pass by at general leaves you know yeah. but then it's like but it's like we can actually sit down and have like a real conversation exactly mm-hmm. we're diving deep and i feel like i really like how you brought up like just the power of words and i feel like with this day and age it's so easy to leave something negative and the crazy thing is like i don't think people realize like how much we absorb that whether we show it it goes in and mm-hmm. either you like get upset or you internalize it it's still in there and i i really wish that like some people when you're writing something horrible just read back what you say and think about like your brother reading that or someone else you love reading that and like and direct it towards them i think mm-hmm. that would make them think twice really it's a real person behind the screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you mm-hmm. may think that this person is like a celebrity and totally doesn't even care. Kim Kardashian cares, you know? Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. 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 And I think too, like it really takes just one to ruin your day. It's there crazy. Yeah. Like the power of hundreds yeah. uh-huh. that are like, oh my God, you're amazing. You're great. And then there's one that's like, I don't like, you know, the way that you dress that are like, what were you even thinking? And then you're like, oh my God, that's all that consumes But you. it's like the comments that are like dig deep to your soul. Mm-hmm. Like you've changed, Jen. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's like, you don't even know me. <laughs> you didn't even know me back then either. Like, it's it's weird. I mean... You ain't Jenny from the block no more. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just like the power of words and like no matter what you hear, you got to like tune that out. It's white noise because as long as you're happy with yourself, that's all that matters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that takes a lot of work. It does. Mm-hmm. I feel like there should be a class about that, you know, like focus yes. On, yes. on that versus... This American dream or this lie that the world feeds you that, oh, as you climb higher and you get more money and get more things and accolade and respect, that will lead to happiness. Mm -hmm. And I think as you get happier, then you can like reflect back on your past and be like, oh, that's why that happened. Mm -hmm. And like, oh, I went through that so that now I can confidently speak about that. Like me with body image, I was like, I never wanted to talk about it. I was like, oh, nobody can know about this Mm -hmm. side of me. Mm -hmm. And then now that I open up about it, I realize that I'm actually connecting with a lot of people and connecting with people that everybody's always like oh my god they're so perfect and dreamy and everything being able to see what other people think about themselves like really helps you be like oh wow if they have that thought and still can make it through like I can make it through too yeah so I guess this has ended on like what piece of advice do you have for either your younger self or people who are listening and feel lost I think this goes for my younger self and my current self <laughs> is to stop doubting yourself. I should just always go with my gut, honestly, because the more I sit on something, the more time the other negative thoughts crawl in and make me just question so much. That's where the overthinking comes from. But yeah, I would tell her to stop doubting yourself and to always 
continue finding new things that excite you, whether it's like a new restaurant or new book or new music, just always keep absorbing. I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of going off of that too, I think that um, I was really afraid to be different growing up. Like my interest in TV and movies and all of that, I was like, oh, this is like kind of weird thing to like be so interested in. Um, but as I got older, I realized like how much that actually helped me get to where I am now. Mm-hmm. I think that while everybody else was, you know, studying for this, going into law, business, you know, medical school, I was like, I want to do entertainment. I want to do media. Like YouTube's great. And everybody's <laughs> like, Okay. I don't think I really appreciated that until now when I can look back and be like, oh, so, you know, me starting off at Wang Fu, that was my stepping stone to have the confidence to pursue a master's degree. And that gave me the confidence to move across the country Mm -hmm. to New York. It's like all these like little things that turned into who I am today. And I'm very proud of that. I think that growing up, I was just always just trying to hide everything like oh I'm really interested in this but I'm not going to tell anyone about it and so I think now that I can openly be like this is what I love and I am passionate about it like everybody's always like you light up when you talk about these things and I think that that's what makes me me you know all my past experiences have led me to this point in my life not to say that I don't have bad days still but to have the confidence in myself that I can overcome it you and Jen with trusting your gut you know you have to trust yourself especially looking at where you guys came from and how you guys got to a certain point like you guys and myself we totally did the opposite thing where people were telling why would you do that and how do you know it's going to turn out well but you're just like it makes me feel good Mm -hmm. and I'm curious I want to explore that and I'm young and not to say if you're old you can't but it's like you know I want to take that chance on myself and that is my piece of advice don't be afraid to start over I think all my life, it's always been like, but what if I lose it all? You know, what if I like, oh yeah, I have to, like the worst thing were to happen. Mm-hmm. I have to go to a community college, right? Or like, you know, I get fired from the job or I don't get that job. And in some shape or form, that's all happened in a way where I had to start over. Mm-hmm. And every single time I just felt like, oh my God, because you're a failure, you know, and all your bad choices. But what I realized looking back, it's because of those dots and those moments that made me feel like, okay, I have to start over, regroup, reheal, mm-hmm. that actually pivoted me into the right direction. And that's all the growth that I've been needing to get to this point of understanding my purpose. And I think in my 30s now, is that do what you can now. Don't don't look at like people like Jen or Regina and people that you admire and be like, oh my God, you know, if I had what she had, like I would do this. But it, since I don't have that, I'm afraid to start. That's the wrong way to approach life. Focus on like, what is it that you want to do? What is your purpose? For us, it's like connecting, right? It mm-hmm. feels good to connect with people. It feels good to tell stories and stuff like that. So start where you're at and do something about it then. You could do that with your friends. There's so many opportunities for that connection to be built. Mm-hmm. And then for me, I like this is something that through reflection, I realized from this episode it's that I've always wanted to be like a talent manager or HR person in some way and in just the connecting of people like putting great people together to make an even better project and that was even before I got into Wang Fu right and I was like how do I do that how do I get there right but now I'm at this point where it's like I don't have the money to give to people to be like hey I believe in your future like go forth and do this let me sponsor your YouTube channel but I did realize that what I can do now is like I've met so many amazing people along the way now it's getting to a point where I can connect people where there are content creators like Jen who need help you know and I was like oh I just met this really great 20 year old who has such gumption and just needs someone to take a chance and it's a hard worker right like let's take a chance let's do something together you know and that's where I am now I find like the most I I get nothing from it other than like no No, I mean we were at we were getting milk tea the other day and one of our friends was like oh I'm thinking about doing this project but I don't have enough hands right now because he's like what do you need I'll find the person (laughs) like just headhunter yeah Yeah. Yeah. really become that person because through the trials and tribulations of like oh, what am I doing? Is this what I even want? You met the people that helped you get to where you are yeah. and where you want it to be. That's a really beautiful skill. And I think you should continue doing that. And I feel like <laughs> at the end of the road, I feel like there is 
going to be something like lucrative by connecting people Mm -hmm. that is amazing honestly yeah because it's like if i'm so worried about like well it's not making me money now how am i gonna find that sustainable how is gonna make this into Mm -hmm. a business venture like i'm never gonna do it Mm -hmm. because it's it's not viable you know and but that's not the reason why i'm doing it Mm -hmm. it's because you love it it's crazy that's how all like big passions start you just do it because you like it whether you get paid or not yeah you're doing it for free and for fun it's like your your side hustle when you started the youtube channel exactly exactly and then whatever it becomes then that's whatever it becomes mm-hmm. are you willing to, to do what you need to do in order to make your side hustle happen mm-hmm. because if you're not you better check yourself because this life may not be meant for you it is not like oh you get in the game and it's like here money there you go yeah success you know like you have to grind it out exactly but the thing is even if you were handed all that i think you'd still find a reason to be unhappy yes yeah. which is yeah that's what will get you <laughs> connecting those yeah, dots, connecting right? the dots. <laughs> yeah yeah i'm still connecting the dots right now and like the crazy thing is like you think that the last dot would be like, I figured it all out. This is the key to happiness, but I'm still connecting the dots. And right now I'm actually going through something with myself. Like I, I'm trying to find like a deeper inner peace with myself. I want to stress that I am happy, but I feel like there's like a root of something that I have always wanted to fix with myself. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it has to do with like my childhood, my upbringing, and just like years and years, like decades of just like putting myself down. So that's what I'm just trying to work on right now. This is everything. That is, Jen, that is everything. And I think people who don't understand that, you're not speaking to them. But the people who will totally get on the same page as you are the people that need to hear exactly what you're saying that's your vulnerability mm-hmm. and at the end of the day i totally understand your hesitation and everyone's hesitation at being vulnerable because you're definitely going to be criticized for it mm-hmm. but then at the end of the day if you're looking for a resolution to decades worth of suppression and guilt and all of that and you really want to resolve that this is the first step and it's always harder when it's the first step because then obviously in hindsight you're like Huh, I get it. Because you're actually going to let go of a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Those comments would be like, oh, she was so fake. Like, I don't even think those are real tears. Or what does she have to be complaining about? You're going to let go of all that. Because that's still going to exist no matter what. Even now, right? You're like, in your head, you're like, should I have said this? Should I add this? Should I not have said that? See, that's like, see, if I just stopped and like let myself like go, then it would have been fine. But... I don't know. No, it's you shouldn't like, feel guilt from that. No, That's part of the process. That's definitely part of the process. But being mm-hmm. self-aware yeah. that it's happening, that is the first and biggest step. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're reading Oprah, girl, you're, you're good. I know. You know? I'm, on the, I'm on the O path right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jen. I feel like I've been through both of your guys' story inside and out connecting all these eggy dots and really want to say thank you to the both of you guys for opening up and challenging yourselves to dig deeper because it's not easy it's a very very hard thing to face yourself and years and years worth of memories and suppression and trying to ask yourself like why am i like that and i want to be better so thank you so much for spending your time Mm -hmm. and just sharing your soul (laughs) yeah we like dumped it all out today yeah yeah (laughs) even when we weren't recording we were you know chatting up a storm so thank you so much i feel so happy and connected and it's cool like learning two new stories into my life honestly it's such a wonderful feeling when you can meet someone like for me meet someone that I really really admired for so many years and see like oh it wasn't as easygoing as I thought things were and um, I'm really grateful that you were a guest on our podcast and shared your story with us today yeah so where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on my YouTube channel, Closing Counters, and then everything else is I'm Jenim. Thank you guys for joining us for another episode of Perfectly Imperfect. If you guys enjoyed this episode or feel like there's a friend who could really hear this message, please feel free to forward it on to them. That's the whole point of this podcast, sharing stories and sharing our journeys because I think that there's so much power and so much authenticity when you hear how someone came to be who they are today. And it would mean the absolute world to us if you could go to the iTunes store, rate and review. We love reading your comments. It means so much to us because it like really gives us this like motivation that, oh, yes, this is the right dot that will lead us to the next dot. We're all connected dots. Yay. <laughs> all just dots. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. 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 B